my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. OpenAI introduces Sora, and it's going to shake up the marketing world like crazy. And it's already shaken up the business world like crazy. Adobe stock in one day lost $18 billion in market cap because of Sora. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that. Where'd you... You were just looking at Adobe stock or you saw a headline somewhere, CNBC? No, I looked at Adobe stock and it tanked right when Sora got announced. Like literally $18 billion. What percent was that? Seven uh, ish percent. Wow, seven point four one. I think seven point four. And this is not an earnings related thing. No. Wow. Because OpenAI is now going into Adobe space. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing is safe. Nothing, Nothing is, is safe. safe. But also, what we talked about yesterday at dinner, we're having dinner with one of your VC friends, and I just I think the phrase here is AI is overhyped in the short term. It's underhyped in the long term. That's yes. what I believe. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that because even when you look at Sora for anyone who hasn't seen it it can create a one minute video for you yeah. so and you this is open AI Sora just so everyone, everyone yes yeah. so, so you type in a prompt just like you would on chat GPT and it can create a video for you that is a minute long the hard part with AI no matter how good the video quality looks and it looks really cool and amazing there's a few things that happens one if anyone's trying to cr- create AI based videos or images and put that on their social like through mid journey you know using all their images most people don't see crazy engagement these images and videos aren't doing that well from a sharing like perspective it's cool and novel right now because ai can create it for you but no one really cares to engage with it as much as we're seeing uh compared to human base or human created content you know what the problem is with generative AI? It's like when you ask Dolly or Midjourney to make something, you actually can't edit it. So if you say, hey, they make something for you, it's like, hey, can you change this for me? Or like, I like this, but change the shape of this over. It actually can't do it. It actually makes a brand new one for you. Yes. So basically what's going to happen, I believe in the future, is that you're going to have a situation where it will create the initial one and then it might push over to like a, a, a model, like an actual engine where you can you can edit things, right? So it might create the initial like batch for you or the initial like inspiration, which will save you a lot of money, the concept, right? And then you can build on top of it right now you just can't do that which is which is why it's not that useful at the moment dude totally but even when you're able to edit it the way i see it is this will take out a lot of people are doing production 
but you're going to still need people to come up with creative ideas for the content. Yeah, it just comes down to strategy at the end of the day. Whoever's good at strategy, and basically that means whoever's good at continuing to learn and continuing to practice, those are the ones that are actually going to stand out. The rest of the people are unfortunately not going to have jobs. Dude, funny enough, speaking of jobs, I was speaking to a group of people a few days ago, and they were talking about AI and how they can make a ton of money from AI. Uh A lot of these were college grads, and I was talking to them virtually. But when I was talking to them, they were just like, yeah, I want to create something like OpenAI or ChatGPT or MidJourney. And the first thing I ended up telling them is- Are these people smart? They were smart, yeah. I was like, you're actually looking in the wrong place. If you want to make money from AI, it's really hard. Because to create a ChatGPT or OpenAI or any one of these projects, it costs a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And you have to have really, really, really talented engineers. It's not easy at all. These aren't even half million engineers. These are like- million dollar plus engineers per yes, year. Yes, and yeah. for every one of those that is created like a chat GPT, there's thousands that failed and billions and billions that were lost. Like, dude, look at Jasper. Do you remember when Jasper came out? Yeah, Jasper, they raised a bunch of, they raised a bunch of money from David Sachs uh, Craft Ventures. I think they were valued at 1.25 billion. Do you want to describe what it does? Yeah, so Jasper is the AI content writer. Uh-huh. How many people really use Jasper right now to write AI content? I think their churn has to be through the roof. And I, I like the team a lot, right? I think it's they got in really early before Chat like a year or two before ChatGPT came out. Once ChatGPT came out, it's like they're like, oh crap, right? What to do? But I did talk to them last year at, uh, when we went to HubSpot Inbound. I talked the Jasper team actually sponsored there. I said I was like, hey, so like with all the stuff going on, like how are you guys pivoting? How are you adjusting? And they're like, oh, we're just focusing more on B2B now. But the problem with that is like OpenAI also has a B2B version too. There's a Teams version that I pay for. So Dude, and the way I look at it is like, why the heck do I need Jasper or any, a lot of these tools out there? And I believe that if people want to make money through AI, the best thing for them to do is be a prompt engineer and be good at it. And when I say prompt engineer, I'm not talking about someone who knows how to code. I'm talking about someone who knows how to modify the prompts to get the output that's desired. Because if you give ChatGPT or anything a crappy prompt, you're going to get a crappy output. Even if you give them a good prompt, you still may get a crappy output. But being a prompt engineer is a large part of the future because how can you continually get what you want out of AI? And according to Forbes, there's a lot of jobs that are paying prompt engineers $300,000 plus a year. Which company is paying three hundred grand a year for a prompt engineer? I don't know, but that's what Forbes is saying. That's crazy. I mean, I believe it. It's it's crazy. It's it's how how fast that's going already. And when you think about a lot of these SaaS tools that are AI, it's just prompt engineering in the background, right? There's a yeah. lot of these these AI writers and things like that. A lot of the SEO writers, like ByWord or like there's a, a couple others that I've seen, they're all just prompt engineering with the with the SaaS like UX on top of it. And Funny enough, a lot of them are for sale because I get hit up by so many of them. Oh, burgers. yeah. The churn is through the roof. Churn is through and, and the roof. Like one, one guy told me, oh, I, I was like, what's your churn right now? It's like, oh, it's 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 pretty good. I was like, what's pretty good? It's like, oh, it's 7% a month. I was like, that's that's not pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like uh, your customers stay for roughly a year. I, I think you lose 70 to 80% of your customers in a year if it's 7%. Yeah, yeah. You do roughly a year. Yeah. So it's just like, if you can't keep your customers for four or five years, yep. it's really tough. And ideally, these days in SaaS, investors don't want people who keep their customers for four or five years. Yep. They want a snowflake type of company where like, well, if you turn off sales and marketing with the upsells that you get, even with the losses, the company keeps growing. Yeah. I, I think it, the other thing too is talking about agencies, a, agency churn too. Agencies like last year, what what we've seen, what we talked about is like churns like fifty to seventy percent. Yep. And, but 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 like you made a good argument. It's like, well, here's how you actually reduce churn. What is that argument? 
Yeah, the, the way that you ideally reduce churn is you sell multiple services through uh, to your customers. They stay mm-hmm. way longer. Yeah, so this, this concept is known, known as switching costs, right? If they have a bunch of services that are going pretty yep. well, they're not likely to want to switch. Like no. Even if you, someone offers something better in one area, you have the whole suite, so you're likely to keep them longer. So it just comes down to having a good product and a good service at the end of the day. That, that's what it is. Nobody cares like no. how you're wrapping it. So No, but what's funny is, is when you look at corporations, they don't care if ChatGPT can do something for free or another SaaS tool charges $100 a month. Like if you're a big enough company, it's all rounding errors. They'll just pay for whatever's more convenient for them. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, Neil and I have an agency owners group called the Agency Owners Association. All you have to do, just go to marketingschool.io slash agency. Once again, it's marketingschool.io slash agency to learn more. And now back to the show. Do you know what's related to the, so there's, there's an argument that YouTube is actually going to become the number one search engine in the long term. And the reason for that is because YouTube has so much new content, so much new data that previously wasn't really crawlable by search engines. But I don't know if you've seen this video from Gemini Pro. It's called, uh, it's Gemini 1.5. So Bard is now named Gemini and there's a 1.5 version coming out. You probably haven't seen this video, right? Uh-uh. So basically what this video, this, this, this AI does now is you can show it like a 44 minute video and then say, hey, tell me what happened at 44 minutes. Like what exactly is happening? What is being displayed? And it shows exactly, hey, this is what the note says over here. This is what happened in this moment. And then you can also then draw a picture and say, Hey, tell me the moment where this happened. So this, the, the someone drew a, like a stick figure picture of like um, people falling out of like a like a water bucket or something, and it's like this happened at minute 15, 15 minutes and thirty four seconds. And so Gemini is becoming multimodal now, and you're going to be able to crawl all of YouTube. And so I think in the long long term, 
it it makes a lot more sense to just continue investing in YouTube, right? I think it's just getting stronger and stronger, and that that's their data moat that they have. Yeah, dude, I I can see YouTube still being really popular. I also see Google being popular for the next 10 years. Yeah. There's a lot of use cases for why people keep using Google and they have 8.5 billion daily searches. Like it is a powerhouse. A lot of people take it for granted. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that you'll notice too is a lot of the older demographic is slower to switch. You know, they're stuck in their ways. It's a younger demographic that we're seeing that is starting to use like the chat GPT first or the TikToks first or a lot of these tools. And a lot of the older demographic is where the money is. If you think about it, they're the ones who own the homes. They bought them for pennies on the dollar. Uh, it was easier during their time to uh, come up because things were cheaper. Yeah. Look, I, I think just, just, this is really for the SEOs. It makes a lot of sense to look at YouTube. We actually get a lot of reach outs. I'm sure you do too, a lot about people looking to optimize YouTube. Yeah. And we're, dude, by the way, I don't know if you've seen our YouTube channel. Our, our YouTube channel, like we're getting like 5,000 views this video over here, 7,000 over here, 1,000. And that is- you sure, Your YouTube or our, our YouTube? Our, our YouTube. We have our, our marketing school one. Not, not the one with 8,300 subscribers, the one that has less. So not MS Archive, the other one. So, uh, not MS Archive. Okay, no. what's the other one? It's just type marketing school and it should be like the one with 1500 subscribers or something. But as Neil looks for it right now, my main point is this is actually, we actually, by shutting down our other channel or stopping the other channel, we're getting more views now. So I had a thesis, I had a hypothesis that our other channel was in YouTube jail. And so, cause each video is only getting like a hundred views or whatever. Right. And so yeah. we started this new one and it has like no subscribers, but you know, some shorts will get like, you know, a couple thousand views or so for a small channel. And then the long form videos will get a couple thousand views too. And so that makes a good argument that if you feel like you're in YouTube jail, maybe just go start a new channel. You could, or what I've also found too, is if you continually produce good content and you stop producing crap and you don't produce as much, but everyone is a hit over time, you just get a YouTube jail and you start getting tons of traffic. Yeah. I think both, both are fine. I think we just, we switched the quality of ours and then we just made a new channel and it's performing a lot better than the old one. So, yep. I mean, that's like 70 times more. So cool. So yeah. Um, there's one, there's one more over here cause we still have some, we still got a good chunk. Um, the what do you, I, I think going back to Sora real quick, right? We talk about how we should talk about the risk of AI companies, right? So Jasper, right? So you can't, yeah. I think it's, it's, if you're going to build an AI company, because the, the problem with marketers right now, here's an AI mastermind. Oh, I'm an AI influencer now. And then they're on magazines and stuff, right? It's, it's like, it's like, no, like, and then they're like, oh, I'm building this AI software. Like there's a lot of people you and I know, it's like, they're just building this, AI, but they're just rappers at the end of the day. Like where you're going to make the money is like probably building, building like a proprietary LLM or like the, the, the picks and shovels, right? Or like the GPUs, right? Is the people yeah. who are building, yes, like what you're saying, uh, or you can sum it up with the platform plays, right? Like mm -hmm. the people who are actually building the technology that you need. You, you, you need, a lot of people need NVIDIA's chips to do anything. Like that goes back to the picks and the shovels, like Levi's, right? They made a killing during the gold rush. Yeah. Same goes with the platform. If you look at OpenAI and what they've built, you can build a lot of stuff off of it. And at the end of the day, the one that keeps making money from it is OpenAI. Would you, okay, let, let's, 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 let's do this fun exercise. So if you were to invest, you, you can only buy and hold in an AI stock for the next 10 years. If you picked one, what would it be and why? Microsoft, okay. I think they're leading the way. And so why, why, why are they leading the way? Uh, they're the ones who funded OpenAI with tons of server resources when no one else would. And their whole play was, we want to get people onto our ecosystem. Yeah. And 
I think you know they have a really big head start. Okay, so that's your number one. Do you have any others that you would throw into like your buy no, and hold for ten years? I would just do concentrated bet and go all in on Microsoft. Okay, right. I'm not giving financial advice yeah. by the way, but that's what I would do. Yeah. I think Nvidia will have a lot of competition, and so will Microsoft and stuff like that. Um, but how many times do you need to keep buying chips? Right? I'm not saying it's a dying business. These chip companies are massive. What you do need is you need to keep paying for the software each and every single day. Chip is a one-time expense. I get you may need more and more chips over time, but the uh, the software you keep paying for that every single month. Yeah, I, I think the the cost of compute. I mean, we're not engineers either, right? But I think the cost of compute is good. It's continually going to come down, and the resource drain is going to continue to come down. But I do think that we talked about this yesterday. That Nvidia is probably going to have a run for maybe the next five, ten years or so. And so, like as the world shifts, um, but my my bet too, I guess it would be boring. It would be Microsoft, and I'll give you some other reasons as to why. One, they own nobody use nobody really uses Skype anymore, but they they have Skype. Dude, um, I use my I use Skype. You still use Skype. A lot of people he, use. Neil Skype. used to call me on Skype all the time. I'm like, who calls me on Skype? And the Tons only reason that people like, use yeah. Skype still. How, no how many billion people use? Can, can you check how many billion people you still use it? How um, many people use Skype? 2023. Skype has 300 million active users. That's, That's a lot. That's a lot. So look, they own Microsoft. More owns, than 40 million people use Skype. Daily, daily act. That's forty million DAU guys. Yes. Um. But to to end it on this, so Microsoft owns LinkedIn, right? What, what they own Xbox too, right? Oh, guess what? Who uses Excel? Oh, we do. We still use Excel, yeah. right? So like the Office Suite, Teams, and everything. They have lock-in, and really, they're not under antitrust scrutiny because they they went through all that in the nineties or so, yeah. right? And so I think Microsoft's well positioned here, and they've made a lot of good moves. The fifty, they own what forty nine percent of OpenAI, something like that. Uh, something like that, but yeah, uh, who knows how the ownership works out? But OpenAI yeah. is very reliant on Microsoft servers. Yeah, so look, I think that's probably a safe bet. I think uh, you know the other ones would probably be Google, Meta, Amazon, but you know we're only going to pick one here. So yep. that's it. This is not financial advice, everyone. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. It helps us grow. Also, don't forget if you're an agency owner, go to marketingschool.io/agency to find out more about our agency community that we do, and we'll see you tomorrow. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.